This is the Brisbane Football Review with your host, James Coglin. One of these days, I will master the ability to complete a sentence. Scott Owen. Right, what would I know? I'm just the weekend host around here. And Adam Pace. Look, I think of what other choice you have. Starting now. Welcome to the edition of the Brisbane Football Review World Cup special here. It is Scott and Adam as usual. Adam, it's been a bleary-eyed morning. How are you? I'm good, yeah. Uh, it's, uh, like I said, it's been a, one of those those days where we don't know where it started where it ended, but amongst that was a really, really uh, monumental game of football. It's been a very much momentous day of football here in Australia. Soccerers are through to the round of 16 for just the second time in their history. We're joined by Liam and Alex McQueen and Soccerers to talk about it all once again. Liam, how are you? I am getting into the coffee this morning. I'm getting into the Pepsi Max tonight. I'm dragging my feet, but it's great to be alive today, boys, isn't it? It is. Caffeine is an essential, though, right, Alex? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Emotional, adrenaline, everything pumping through my veins at the moment. Yeah, I think between caffeine and adrenaline, we're all just about going through quite nice. So, soccer is they are through to the round of 16 for just the second time, as I said. First time since 2006, they will go through after a 1-0 win over Denmark. Goal from Matthew Leckie. Midway through the second half, gave them the win, Liam. And you have to say, after a bit of a rocky start, the Socceroos were quite good in the end of that game. Oh, yeah. The the first 20 minutes, um, or 25 minutes, yeah, we were really uh, under the pump, weren't we? We were just being hammered by Denmark. Um, Matty Ryan, again, in goals for us. Um, had some great saves there. Uh, and so... We held on, and which is what we've been doing the last the last few games is that we've we've defended as 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 a group, and it's and, and it showed. Absolutely, defence, um, Alex was really a key focal point of this run that soccer has been on in the last couple of games. Two clean sheets, and Harry Sutar and Kai Rolls have been absolutely outstanding. Unbelievable! How is Harry Sutar still at Stoke? Seriously, like the man is a god. Like I, I like the. Oh, just I don't know how to describe him. Seriously, he's been just incredible. Like the guy's come back from an ACL injury and putting in performances like this. Like, are you kidding me? Well, Stoke will be quite happy, Adam, because they'll be getting quite a nice transfer fee, if not in January, possibly in the summer once he gets his back to full fitness. But he's certainly put himself at the shop window as one of the soccer players who's really elevated himself in this tournament. I was going to say, he may be at Stoke now, but I don't think it's going to be very long. I think he's been... I think not only has he been one, obviously, one of the standout players for soccer, he could be potentially, you know, one of the defenders of the tournament across across the whole 32 teams. I think he has been he has been that sensational. So, yeah, look, I think that you know, he's in the shop window, but I actually reckon that there's a few others as well that may have also enhanced their chances, you know, of, you know, perhaps you know, being in the shop window, you know, for, for, better, for better employment, you know, I guess across the across the uh, sort of the, oh, across the world, I'd say uh, even a couple of A League players based ones. I reckon that may, their clubs may be getting a bit of a phone call saying asking how much to, uh, to get their services. Leave anyone in particular who you might think has um, elevated themselves. This time, obviously Craig Goodwin would be one from the A League, but I'd say there's a fair few players from the soccer squad who may have. I think I think the whole most he's got to have an eye on. Yeah, I, I think anyone in the whole back line. You know, I think I think they've. They showed. Um, I think Paul, uh, Craig Atkinson didn't have a very good first game. I think it was a. It was. It was. Was it Craig Atkinson? Craig Atkinson. Daniel. Daniel. Daniel Atkinson. Sorry. Yeah. So. Um, uh, yeah. So he was pretty unlucky in their first game against France because he was up against France. You know, it might have been a different kettle of fish against Tunisia or, or 
or against Denmark. But certainly the the back uh, line that, that started uh, um, against uh, Denmark, yeah, I think I think all those boys worked well together uh, as well with uh, Matty Ryan. Um, I think you know someone should be knocking on their door for sure. <clears throat> Perhaps Craig Wood might get one last opportunity, Alex, to test himself in the overseas market, maybe in Europe for the first time? Yeah, ho- hopefully so. He's, I don't know what more he could do. He's just been such a great player. Like, And, and we, we need to enjoy him while he's on the A-League, um, to be quite honest with you, I think. Um, that left foot is an absolute wand. He just... Um, he has great leadership qualities as well. Um, he gets up and down that left left flank, doesn't shirk his defensive uh, de- defensive responsibilities. Jeez, uh, like what, what a player! Give, give him a shot, someone seriously. Netherlands, Belgium, somewhere mm. there. I think he'd suit uh, uh, one of those sort of leagues personally. Uh, from a Brisbane Raw perspective, anywhere would be nice given the amount of goals he tends to score against Brisbane. He's one of the <laughs> chief protagonists against the Raw, so hopefully he can go overseas and get himself a nice move. But Liam, it was a real rollercoaster for formations that the Socceroos have taken, so not just in this game overnight, but also the two prior. How would you describe the way you, you went through the game overnight? Oh, look, um, uh, look, once once the second half, the second half of the first half, once, like after after that initial Denmark, 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 Denmark attack, um, you could see, you could see that our boys were just were just starting to settle it down, and they were just and they were just coming in themselves. And they did the same in the, the Tunisia game as well. They were just like, okay, let's just let's just calm this down. Let, let's play. Let's let them play our way. Let's let's just slow the play down and let's get involved ourselves. And once once that kind of kicked into gear, you could slowly you could slowly see it creeping in. Um, and once once that happened. And you had that Tunisia game in mind. You think, okay, these guys know how to handle a game like to their advantage now, and they're all playing together so well that um, look, you know, we always were hoping that they wouldn't get a goal past us. But with each cross that they did, with each attack that they did, you saw them. You know, you saw um, you saw Moy in there. You saw Sutar in there. You know, they they were all getting in there, but you know, and just the fifty fifties, the first balls, you know. We were just sensational at it, I and mean, something something's clicked, hasn't it? This 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 in these um in in the World Cup, and um it's so it was so wonderful to see, like it was cutting everything off. Well, it's back to the Peru game. It's three clean sheets in the last four, isn't it? So defensively, the Socceroos have certainly managed to find something. I think it also does coincide, Adam, with Kai Rolls coming in pretty much from left field at that point, coming into the squad late in the day. But he's been absolutely superb in filling that left side of defensive role. Well, what a mediocre rise for Kai Rolls. Harry Sutar, deservedly, is getting the plaudits for his performances you know, as that rocket at centre-back. But his his partner in crime, Kai Rolls, has just been as effective. He had a little bit of an oopsie moment against Tunisia, uh, which you know, Sutar, Big Harry did uh, bail him out. But uh, look, over, overall, he, he's been very, very good. And I think I think as a unit, that that back four, obviously the right back, continue has changed from Atkinson to Karasic to... Um, uh, to Degenek against uh, against Denmark, but th- that three and also so I think Azic Bage as well. I think he has been very very good down down the left fullback yeah. role for, for those three games. I think very unheralded performance, but I think defensively as a group, I think they they have been sensational, especially the last uh, two games. You know, you can't you can't really complain about two clean sheets at a World Cup tournament. No. See, Aziz Badge has been probably the unsung hero of this soccer side, hasn't he, in terms of his performance across the three games. So consistent, and also he had the yellow card very early in the Denmark game. He had to get through that, and he did really well. Alex, the, um, 
the soccer is dominant in the last sometimes, but they had a lot of good, lot of good spell in the last ten minutes there of the first half. How important do you think that was for for the side to be able to have that spell just to go into the halftime break to have that bit of confidence to go to go in and believe they can do something in the second half. Oh, it was it was critical. It was critical to the end result. I think without that that sort of yeah that that ten minute period, I don't know. I, it would have been hard for them to find. Oh, look, they they could have found it, but I mean it's all if buts and maybe's. But I, I, yeah, look, I, I think it really just gives them that shot in the arm, and then it and then it's up to Arnie and and Rene Mullenstein, Vidmar, and the rest of the coaching staff to just go, boys, look, what you just did for the last ten minutes. You can do this, boys. Come on, you know. And and you know that's that's what we saw in that second half. That that belief, that confidence in in the team. You know, they were defending as a unit. They they played together. They knew exactly what they had to do. And I, I really want to just bring up um, that that halftime change. You know, I'm not sure mm-hmm. what went on with Goodwin, but uh, Bacchus. Oh my lord! Like what a shift he put in. Seriously, the yeah. bloke was everywhere. Yeah. That's exactly you, what I was going to ask you about, Liam, in terms of the counter backers coming on half-life for Craig Gould, and you could really see the intensity and the press he put in playing. A bit further forward than you'd normally be accustomed to seeing Keanu play, but his press in the front, that, that was absolutely superb in the way he helped really control the midfield for the soccer as much in the way they did in a game against Tunisia. Oh, 100%. 100%. And look, that's what, and that's what they're hoping for. That's why they brought, those, brought these young boys in that, um, you know, with the... With the their their speed and their heart to try and um uh, make make good names for themselves in, in in the World Cup and you know he he was brought on to do a job and he did it beyond anyone what anyone thought he would do and um yeah I I yeah it we it'd be good to see some of the younger guys um against Argentina come on of course but I think he'd be quite settled with the squad that they, that they have now but um yeah it's good to see the younger blokes get on and do well. You mentioned the younger blokes earlier and and. Adam, this is got these young guys that we're talking about, the Keanu Bacchuses and yeah. Riley McGrees and these type of guys, Tommy Deng as well, to name a couple. They were there 12 months ago under Graham Arnold in the Olympics in Tokyo, played mm. that whole campaign. So this is a group of players that he's brought through from juniors all the way through into the senior team now, and we're seeing the fruits of that effort that he's put in over the last three years. Yeah, look, Keanu Bacchus, I admittedly, you know, he, he has grown as a player since he's gone to Scotland playing for St Mirren. He's, he's certainly not the same player that left his shores after being at uh, Western Sydney. So no, that's no disrespect to to him as a player you know, at the Wanderers, but he's just grown. Now, all these players, Kai Rolls as well, as we've mentioned before. You know, obviously, obviously these guys... The, the young guys who are doing their sort of time in the A-League, then they get their opportunity overseas, especially in a league like the Scottish Premier League, Premiership. They, they, they seem to be growing an arm and leg, and we're only seeing the fruits of their labour now they're coming back representing Australia. So I, I think I think it's, it's wonderful to see. As far as you know, going forward to the Argentina game, yeah, you'd be very hard-pressed to sort of the 16, 17 players they've used, um, anyone outside of that. But uh, yeah, look, but that's the case of... Uh, does anyone really deserve to um, to sort of lose a spot or, or sort of you know or you know miss out in that? I think I think the starting eleven as it is uh, sends maybe whoever starts starts at right back it seems to be the only sort of you know wild card. But the ten, there's ten other guys. Look, they've they've earned their they've earned their spots, and you know I I think I think Arnie's going to go with the case of you know what what has worked the last three games or at least the last two games. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, is what what's going to carry him through to probably was the biggest game at least in the last uh, fifteen years. Just hold your fire on the whole Argentina part for just a moment, but Liam, it is interesting that 
Graham Arnold has stuck with the, the basically the same eleven for the three games. Other than right back, he's stuck with the same team. And in a tournament that's being played in hot conditions with short time between games, to have the same ten players or nine outfielders playing the first three games, mm. that that's some effort. Oh, 100%. And I think us playing there uh, for all of our World Cup, all but a few of our World Cup qualifiers, has helped in this because we know what's because we because we know how to play in those conditions. We know the we know uh, we know the conditions. We know what's expected for recovery, uh, and um, it's. I think a lot of experience has 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 come from that. I know we touched on that last last one with the conditions being familiar to us, but I think that's that's pretty crucial. We've we've recovered well. Um, and between each game, and um, the and the guys just they just want to perform, you know. And, and we were just 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 touching on those younger guys and playing in Scotland. Uh, it's I think uh, playing in those hostile grounds with the with the crowds uh, and uh, it, uh, fan base and all that. I think that really would really help, help hold them in, in good stead. Because yes, okay, we can get the Western Sydney Wanderers and the Sydney FC um, crowds, but we don't get that every every week you know you just go over to um Ebers and Roar's game and you're lucky to get a couple thousand but I digress um so thanks for reminding it, me it's good that um, <laughs> it's good that um yeah that they are playing in these competitions because I think um playing under those conditions helps you for for the larger um for the for the bigger picture and I think that's exactly why Arnold wanted Arnold Arnold wanted these guys playing playing regular games in top competitions and um, yeah, so for them to be doing that, it's it's certainly helping. But um, yeah, uh, it certainly is helping. It's been absolutely fantastic way they've done it. And Alex, there was a, a five, it, at halftime. You kind of knew it was all going too well for Serum. It was comfortable for them. And the other game was Tunisia were on top, but nothing was really happening. At some point, you knew in Australian football, nothing is easy. Something crazy was going to happen, and Tunisia got their goal. And then Australia, almost almost like they were told they have to flick the switch. And it was only barely a couple of minutes later that Matthew Leckie popped up with that sublime finish. Just, yeah, just incredible. Um, yeah, as it, I couldn't have said it better myself, Scott. Like, they, uh, it, yeah, supporting the soccer is for as long as we all have here. We, we know that, yeah, the... the the path uh, is, is never easy. Um, we, we don't get things handed to us on a platter like some other nations, but we won't go there. Um, it's, they don't win games at the World Cup, though. That's <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. They just have hissy fits and tantrums and go home with their tail tucked between their legs. So, um, look, yeah, it, yeah, it, it was honestly, uh, I, yeah, the, the heads dropped. Like the, my head dropped when I heard the news that Tunisia had scored, and I thought, here we go again. And um and then yeah, barely a couple of minutes later, I'm up screaming, waking up all my neighbours in my apartment complex, um and and belting the couch in just sheer delight, running around like an absolute madman. So um, Matthew Lecky, thank you very much, and I'm up all night to get Lecky. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just going to add, just just quickly, uh, I was reading on the socials today that that um Dinnick. Uh, was actually told just after um, just after uh, uh, the goal that um, that they that they had actually scored, and then they got in the huddle after just just, just before they went and continued play, and that's when they were told then that um, that they have to keep this lead. That's when they were, that, that's when I told uh, that's that was in, in, in an interview uh, after, uh, after the game. So someone on the on the sideline got him pulled him aside and said, "Hey, they've scored." 
So he's gone to the group and said, this has happened. We need to, we have to stay in front. And look, from then on in, we just defended, you know. And So they weren't told before they'd scored. They were only told after they'd got yeah, the goal yeah, that they had to hold it at all costs. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll see. If, I'll see if I can find it and tag in it later. But um, yeah, basically that's what happened. I think. I think uh, Tony Bitmar was was aware of it. No one told Arnie. Arnie didn't know apparently until after the game, until full time, that what the score was with um, with the Tunisia French game. Apparently, uh, yeah, he just went to the sideline, pulled in and pulled um, inside and said, "Look, they've scored. You have to. You have to hold the lead." And that's what they did. It's always interesting to see how coaches and teams manage that situation, Adam. But the Socceroos, once they were told they had to hold the lead and defend well, they certainly did that really well, didn't they? They brought on um, Bailey Wright to show up the defence, and that was a really obvious move given given Denmark were just lumping the ball into the box and looking for headers yeah. and second balls. Having someone like Bailey Wright out there to help with that was a, a key addition to the back line, but they just defended so well in that last 20, 25 minutes. No, but they actually looked more comfortable in the last 10, 15 minutes. It was almost like Denmark were devoid of ideas. And when a top 10 nation in the world who you know, have got some really, really good players, you got a creative player like Christian Eriksen you know, up there and, you know, and a, a few a few other you know, very, very good players, you know, the, the likes of you know, Scott Olsen is another one that, that comes to mind. And and the big the big uh, big leg uh, Andreas Cornelius. But there were players like that, and they're resorting to you know just just bombing Route One, trying to bomb in. You, you know you've almost won half the battle. And 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 you know for for Graham to bring Bailey right on, just as as an insurance policy, another big body, you know, in the middle. I, I think I think in the end they actually did a uh, other than you know a, there was a Free header deep in solid shot that went to Cornelius from a corner, but I don't think he really, it river really got close. I think they gave him panic for about, you know, for a microsecond. But other than that, they didn't really threaten. I think the set piece was the only avenue for, but in general play, the yeah. Socceroos had them all covered. And uh, and, like, and like I said, I, I just think, yeah, no, it was a, a, a mighty fine effort. I think always a set piece, no matter what. I think no matter what, which place, especially if you're trying to defend a lead, it's always going to be nervy because you worry about someone is going to fluff their lines or they're going to panic. But in general play, when they're just trying to bomb the bomb the ball into the penalty box, you know what? The, the, the soccer is actually look comfortable. Yeah, and that's exactly the point. Is that once the Denmark resorted to those tactics... That was really comfortable for Australia because for a long time, that's, that's the sort of stuff that we were really good at doing at both ends. So once they resorted to that, I personally thought, all right, unless something crazy happens here, this is a really great sign that Australia are well on top in this game. Yeah, yeah I, 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 was, I, I was watching him lob those balls in, but also when they were trying to do build-up play from the back, they were the, the passes were going astray. Like there was a couple of times there where, where the ball just went completely out out of out of out of the field to play. No one no one was anywhere near it. They're 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 passing, even though they had a like I think almost, you know, a quarter of the more or double the more passing than what we did. They were they were terrible passes. Like they like they just couldn't they just I don't know what was wrong. I don't know. I mean we we played brilliantly of course, but I think Denmark as well, I think um I think they've got a few a few problems there this this World Cup, you know, and um that's something they'll have to fix. It's certainly a very poor World Cup by their very high expectations as Euro semi-finalists, top 10 in the world, as you mentioned. And to be out in the group stage is certainly not what was expected for them, Alex, but that's their problem, not ours. And it's back-to-back wins for the Socceroos. I mean, we've spoken about the Tunisia game on the show already this week. So what did you think of that moment as well? Because that was obviously really important 
for the Socceroos to get that win and then set up game against Denmark. Oh yeah, that was uh, that was seen seriously. Um, what a what a game. Um, the boys, yeah, again, like that was that was a moment. I think we had the faith in the Socceroos restored that game. Um, uh, just the way that the boys held it together. Just Aaron Moy was just you know properly reminding us of his nickname, the Pasty Pilo. Um, just absolutely controlled the midfield, controlled the tempo. The, the Aaron Moy we know and love was he was superb. Harry yeah. Sutar um, made his name in that game for me, um, particularly with that challenge um, when Kai Rolls had that unfortunate error. And he just strode like the Terminator right across on that Tunisian striker and just stuck those 10-foot-long legs out and tackled old matey. Take, tackle or torment for mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, nothing will ever beat that. Seriously, that that that's that, that should be put up in the the um. Where's the art museum here in Australia? <laughs> Gomer the only thing something. I will say is he also Gomer. slid in once again this morning. Yeah. Just to, he did it again. No more of that, please. Because started to get little Lucas Neal flashbacks, and I don't want any more. <laughs> no more sliding tackles, please. Yes. No more of that. Yeah. So it's uh, great, but no more of that. But Liam, that hmm. first half against Tunisia, have you seen the soccerers play a better forty-five minutes at the World Cup than that? No. No, once we took was it ninth minute? I think we took the lead. I mean, I mean, yeah. we held a one nil lead from the ninth minute in a World Cup. I mean that 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 sh- that should say a lot. Uh, and uh, that 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 opening half, that opening hour, hour. What am I talking about? The, the opening forty five minutes. Although some of the games have gone for an hour in the first half, haven't they? With mm, the, they have gone. It's been uh, crazy yeah, so, yeah, that yeah that, that I mean, towards towards the end of the of that first half, Tunisia was starting to claw back. Like you could tell, like they were starting to they were starting to build something up. And I think halftime came at a good time for us. I, I, I really did because because I, I was just start just starting to claw the way in. Um, and then yeah, second half. I mean, um, we just we just defended and defended and defended. I mean, of course, of course, in the sixtieth. 60th minute there with with Harry coming across with that with with that wonderful tackle you know and um, yeah I when I when I saw that tackle I'm like uh, there was there was like yeah we're on this we are on it tonight and we we're gonna go through and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna beat them you know I mean I I was I was, I was, I was down the Gold Coast for the game and um, and yeah there was. There were some guys behind me that were just saying, "We're with you all the way, boys. Come on, we're, you know, we're riding on your backs. You know, we've we're going to do this." And uh, yeah, and they did. And it was such, it was um, a fantastic performance. And I think that showed it showed our it showed um, our players, it showed their fans, us as the supporters, it showed everybody what we're capable of. And I think that um, they they basically bought they. They moulded that for the for the next game, you know, and um, yeah, I think that was a fantastic lead up to Denmark game. I think, and I think those two games are, again are a great lead up to the Argentina game, which we'll, I don't know if we're going to talk about later. But anyway, oh, I could go on. Well, that tackle was oh, that, at that moment. You were like, oh, "This, it's meant to be. This is going to uh, be Australia's day." When that tackle went so clean, like that was yeah. that was the sign it was going to be Australia's yeah. day. So that was the two games that we won't talk about the French game. That was. Yeah. That wasn't so good, and that oh, was a long time. So we'll move on from that. But I'll let everyone have a go on this particular question. Looking more at the big picture, Adam, how how do you rate this as an achievement for Australian football on the men's side? Second time through to the round of six. Obviously, the golden generation, 2006, did it at their first step after 32 years not going to the World Cup. They went straight through. We've won an Asian Cup in 2015. 
where do you where does it stand for you in terms of this as, as an achievement? Is it the number one achievement, or is it just a really good one? You know, I actually think it's number one, uh, and uh, the re reason being it's based on the factual factual thing that this is the first time that the, that the Socceroos have won multiple games at a World Cup finals tournament. So that's that's a factual point of view. The other the other point is that this is a side that was written off, maligned, not good enough, 38th in the world. Uh, the coach is crap. Yeah, like I said, we'll we, and we and we all and we all and we all thought it. Yeah, no, we'll get to, we'll get to we'll Graham get to, Arnold. Yeah, we'll, we'll go. Get to him. But like I said, basically that we're all maligned, but somehow, some way, and especially after you know the, the France game, after getting belted four one, thought, oh no, this is gonna this is gonna be it. To, to turn it around in basically the space of a week, eight days, to where the Socceroos are now into are going into the uh, round of sixteen. Taking on Argentina, who were sort of the second favourites of the tournament, and then you've got you got the mind game starting to read where where apparently Argentina say, "Oh, it's going to be a difficult game," and you know we're we're not the favourites and all that. I actually think there's a little bit of you can go in with a little bit of confidence, and certainly you know I'll, we'll talk about it before we we came on air to record that uh, look for mine. There's probably not one not one nation in this tournament that have actually put strung together three good games in the group stages for, for whatever reason. So I think the Socceroos' chances of perhaps springing an upset against Argentina, I think they're, they're real. What, would, it, would it, you know, like I said, realistically, you'd say Argentina are going to be the strong favourites. But you know what? The, the, the Socceroos, this side seems to thrive of, you know, do or die, sudden death under pressure. Yeah, 2016 was probably considered a better side. The players were playing at a at a higher level, but the fact that this team, an unfashionable team, in a lot of respects, have gone and won two games at a World Cup, the most points they've ever gotten, it is a absolutely outstanding team. It probably is the the best team we've had at the at a World Cup. Yeah, two two clean sheets as well. Yep. You know, uh, not many not many uh, sides have done that, but you know, we were you know we were we were told that we, that that we wouldn't get a point. We were told that we wouldn't get a goal. We were told that. You know that we wouldn't win a game, and then we're told that we wouldn't leave the group. You know what's who's to say that? Oh, oh, you won't get the quarterfinals. You know, exactly. there's been these 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 guys have been uh, they've been through it all, and they've been told this this isn't this, and, and they've completely proven everyone wrong, including all of us here. Yep. And um, I couldn't be more 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 proud of those guys. And to the keyboard warriors there, you know, um, you know, we all we all have our say because we're proper football pundits and we, and we love it and we get involved but but those but but those play by nighters who don't go to the a league and 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 um put our game down you know this is a big screw you to you because because you know our our backs are against the wall we had a crap lead up with everything that was going on with covid and and, and everything and you know we did it and we're we're going to the quarterfinals boys i i i believe that and i just want to jump in there liam where you made mention the a league like 20 yeah. of these 20 of these yeah. players come through the A-League. Eight of them still here. Don't yeah. you dare sleep on the A-League. It's yeah. three players who haven't played in the A-League, right? Only three of the squad have never played in the A-League. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, yeah. Three, and, the and they're probably all Scottish. Yeah. Probably exactly. are. <laughs> and just seriously, the A-League, like, yep. I love it. It's the, it's good. It, okay, it's not, the premier, it's not the best thing in the world, but just enjoy it. We've got some good players. There's some good bloody football being played in it, and this is a proof of it. All right, on an international stage, we are seeing it. Get around it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's, yep. there's some really good football. And hopefully once the A-League does resume in a week's time, if it does resume in a week's time, they might have to push that back. What a crazy situation that is. They might have to push back the resumption of the A-League because the soccerers are still in the World Cup. But when it does resume, hopefully it does. this World Cup run does see an uptick in support at the A-League games. So just quickly, Alex, would you agree on a consensus that this team is probably as, as an accomplishment is a is a higher accomplishment than 2006? Oh, as much as we love them? Yeah, uh, look, you can't. The golden generation in my mind is is amazing, but this is this is by far and away the best achievement in Australian football. I know it doesn't bring silverware. I know it doesn't bring the the glory of, of all that, that, like the Asian Cup did. But seriously, the way that these boys have been, the the, the coach, the boys that have been written off. Oh, they don't. There's no Premier League players who are the the soccer who's. You know, all this sort of rubbish. Like seriously, take a hard look at yourself. These boys gave it everything. They left everything on the pitch, and I just could not be more bloody proud of them. Seriously. And they are through to the round of 16. And now this is the portion of the show where we all have a nice, healthy slice of humble pie, I think, guys. Mm. Given we've and we've done three or four of these specials so far in 2022 after after the World Cup qualifying campaign, and each each window we did one of these shows, and at least once or twice. We were quite critical of Coach Graham Arnold, but you have to say, and I'll go first, he's done an unbelievable job in this tournament, managing the group straight away he has in terms of bringing in the subs. He's done a really good We spoke about the Keanu Backus change. That was outstanding. Probably the only one he might have gotten wrong was the um, Jason Cummins one against France. That didn't quite work out. But the way he's managed this group stage has been absolutely superb. You can see the planning he's put into it. It's all worked for him. And while we were cr- yeah. critical and questioning of what was happening in the qualifying, and there were certainly some poor performances in there. When it's yeah. come time to the tournament, they've absolutely delivered. Yeah, and I think, and I think a lot of that has got to do with 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 how well they've all played as a unit on on there. I think I think it's made Graham's Graham's um, uh, decision making a lot easier because because they have played so well. Um, you know, they've they've had they've had some excellent backroom support. They've done excellent planning up up to the World Cup. Their accommodation was right next to. A, was up, was right next to the training pitch, so they could just get up in the morning and just and just and just go out of the pitch. You know, there was, was no another getting, World but, Cup goal from Tim Cahill to get that sorted. By the way, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Smart academy. <laughs> and yeah, and there was no getting on a bus and, and and all that and having to travel down the training pitch. So, so they have. So, I think the all everything everything has gone into organising to get once we got there and they organised what we needed to to be at our best. I think all of that has has made Graham's. Uh, a job a little bit easier, but look at the end of the day, you have to give him credit because uh, he's he has persisted with that with with the, with that starting lineup, um, all but one or two changes, uh, and his 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 subs have been good. Um, I was I was screaming out, bring on subs at the 60th minute because I thought that 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 we'd be actually earlier than the 60th minute because I was thinking that we'd be running out of legs, but he but he's he stayed with them, and um, he obviously saw that they were that they were match fit and they were there. They were just giving it everything, and so he's, you know, maybe, maybe perhaps everything that's happened before this World Cup, maybe, maybe this is us peaking. Maybe, you know, whenever you have uh, lead-up tournaments and and lead-up games, you, you you start seeing seeing countries win and or or clubs win their competitions because they're starting to peak and and they, and they go into the competition peaked. Maybe this is us. That long process. Has finally come to to its conclusion, and this is us playing the way that we've always wanted to play from the beginning. We just had to go through so much crap to get there. So this is us at our peak. We've learnt so much from those. Um, Arnold has learnt, has learnt so much from those from those previous games from from all around the world, especially in the Middle East. And I think 
it's all culminated together now to 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 for us to be at an absolute peak. We've got Harry back after his injury because he he was a big loss, you know. So so for him to so so for Graham Arnold to basically have all this this synergy now, it's all just been trial and error, and it's all just been effort, hard effort to get to get where we are, and finally it's paying off. It's been tough to watch times, but it's certainly been worth it, Adam. And as I said earlier, the squad has been building over time, bringing the young players from the Oliroos in bit by bit. And now you're seeing he has put together a generation of players where you can you can almost imagine most of these players have at least one more World Cup and then possibly two. Well, that's the exciting thing about this is that, uh, well, I, I think we were, we were saying uh, in, in the lead up to this is that, you know what, no matter what the Socceroos do, that perhaps, you know, yeah, you know, the USA or North American World Cup in 2026 may be the peak. Well, the future's the future's come now, and unless they go down in a blithering heap against Argentina and they get absolutely smashed and you know play play terribly and basically reverse everything they've done, it, it is a it is a massive achievement. And you're right, this this will only serve to benefit those those younger players that have got one, two, maybe three more World Cup, you know, cycles to go. I, I don't know if Graham Arnold will be there, and I still think that, you know, that this should be it, where whenever it ends. But mm-hmm. I, I think at least he'll go his head out high and said, you know, he's done the best he could, rather than, you know, had, had been, you know, been sacked before the, you know, before the final, the Intercontinental Playoffs or anything like that. He's gone done it his way, and no matter what happens, you know, against Argentina or whatever lies beyond that, at least at least he can say, you know what, he, he was sort of, you know, loved by a whole nation, you know, before he's done, and he can walk away, you know, you know, proud of his achievements. Well, one of the things he's wanted to do is to make the nation believe and dream. He's certainly done that. Alex, and he's got a lot of tournament experience, obviously, with assistance at the World Cup with Pim Verbeek and Graham and Goose Hiddink, as well as Olympics. And do you think some of that experience he has picked up along the way is really benefiting him in his tournament, learning from maybe mistakes he's made in the past? 100%, Scott, 100%. And, and um, yeah, that, like, you know, what what uh, what a tutor to have in, in Goose. Like, um, he, you know, he learnt the, the goalkeeping sub-trick from him, no doubt. He put that into practice in the in the uh, game against Peru. Um, you know, he would have taken things from Pim. He, he watched Bert van Malvike from the from the stands in, in Russia uh, last time around. And I also think, too, um, this is going a little bit abstract here, but, um, you know, Arnie's playing career, you got to remember he played for the Socceroos for 20 years and he suffered. He suffered so many close, foul, you know, World Cup, qualification failures and particularly the 97 one that which, which we don't ever want to talk about ever again but that 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 moment like that would sting that would burn so much and i think just purely some of that desire that you see the way he was prowling the touchline like a like a lion prowls its prey you know it's just like honestly i i you know i've, I've said some absolutely ter- you know i've questioned him i've I've ridden him. I've I've disliked his coaching, but I tell you what, like I'm I'm I'll put my hand up happily and eat my humble pie. The both servings, like the kid from Matilda, just absolutely smashed that down. But like I I couldn't be more proud of Arnie and those boys. Seriously, like and 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 props to Arnie and and I hope that like he can you know find a little bit of peace in in what these boys have done for him and the nation. 
And if they happen to do get past Argentina, I'm sure we'll happily take another slice of humble pie once oh, yeah. again. But speaking of that Argentina game, it is Sunday morning Australian time, 5 a.m. kickoff, I believe, here in Queensland. It is going to be at the, I'm calling it the Star de Redmayne, given the last time we were there, we know what happened. I'll Star de Grey Wiggle, whichever way you want to refer to it. But before we get to the actual game, what about the scenes back here in Australia, actually, particularly at Fed Square in Melbourne for the last two games? That's been absolutely outstanding, Liam. It sounds like it's going to be nationwide this weekend against Argentina, which is absolutely outstanding that everyone else is now getting involved in this. Yeah, look, um, I, uh, with our role with... Um Australian active support, uh, uh, we've uh, been um, working hard along with the rest of the, um, the 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 football pundits trying to get this um, live site in Brisbane. And I think Fed Square was a great example of of what's possible. You know, those those guys in Melbourne are nuts, aren't they? But, the, but in a good way. You know, and it, it, it's incredible, absolutely incredible to see all the different uh, multicultural societies of Australia coming together. It doesn't matter whether, you know, what country you've come from, what colour your skin is, what 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 your religious background is, they're all together there. Oh, what club you support? There would have been all a lot of all, all yeah. sorts of clubs affiliations in that group. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. Like that, yeah, yeah, you know, and you know what the victory uh, lads are like when it comes to other clubs in Melbourne. They hate them, you know, and um, to, and 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 you wouldn't know who's who's who who's who in the zoo there with it in, in Fed Square. So that has really rubbed off on the rest of the nation. The rest of us have seen what's possible. The rest of us want to want that. We want that. We want to be part of that. We want to soak that in, you know. Some of us want to rip off a few flares and not and not be thrown not be thrown out of the stadium. You know what I mean? Um so look, yes, um uh a credit to Brisbane City Council um and Adrian Schrinner. Uh, it looks as though they're getting close to the, getting that over the line. I haven't seen anything official. I have seen him say, look, look, they're gonna tap to SBS and they're gonna do, and they're gonna do the best to get this over the line. Um I, I can't see why it would not happen. Uh, I think King George Square and they were talking about the Queen Street Mall as well. Queen Street Mall is the other one. Yeah. The only thing reason I can see it not happening is if that the television screen there doesn't actually have ability to get SPS, but I can't see why oh, I think they wouldn't I, be able to I, do that. Well, I've, I've certainly seen some uh, some AFL on Channel 7 on that screen in, in King George Square, so it's got live to air. Um, look, I don't give a shit if, if they get if they get one big big plasma TV and put it in the square with a, with a lot of speakers, you know. It's all, <laughs> it's all about it's all about being together, isn't it? It's all about you know, beating the drums one and, um, of course, living out at Ipswich as well. I got a phone call today from... Someone close to the mayor who, to the switch mayor who wants to put something on a tunnel place in here in the, in in the, in this switch CBD on the big screen here, but you know that's I think that I think it might be a day too late to get that organised. But wherever you are, like on the Gold Coast, you know, put one on Service Paradise and just get one of those big trucks to drive around advertising and let's just let's get some some live sites happening. It's so it's so good, man. So excited that this is all happening for us. They are talking about our game. They're talking about us. You know, and that 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 hits the feels for them to be talking about. I mean, the first ten minutes of Nova breakfast this morning was all about the Socceroos. That never happens. Football or soccer never gets its fair share on Nova. Triple M might get its, you know, because of Mardo, the sport freak, you might get something. But they're talking about our game on all these different channels that never that never ever um, give us a light of day, and that can only be a good thing. 
they even they even on the cricket coverage uh, this, uh, this afternoon on on Triple M. A number of times they referred to you know James Brayshaw, Dan Ganane. You know they all referred to you know congratulations on soccer. Gus Warren as well. So these right. guys that you know commentate other sports, they're all encapsulated by the uh, by yes. soccer performance. And look, uh, just. Just as also as well, personal note, congratulations to all you guys at the um, Australian Active Support you know, groups and all that for getting this you know, up and running as well and get, you know, pushing these live sites because this is truly a watershed moment in Australian football where it seems to have been for the last, you know, for decades that everything seems to be about you know, negativity and, you know, infighting and, you know, mm. what is wrong with Australian football and, you know, everyone having their opinion. For the first time in a very long time, probably since 2006, mm. it feels like that everyone are on the same page about football. And that, that to me, that is the, that is the uh, encapsulation of a true footballing culture is when no matter what club you support, no matter what background you are or anything like that, if you're all united behind the national team, that yeah. to me is the purest you know, football culture. Yeah, absolutely. Look, look, Blaine, Blaine Treadgold out, out there at Perth, he's just, he's been really kicking along. And I said, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, you know. Um, and so, for he's 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 kept us going. He's he's like he's he's organised these pubs for us all to get to. Um, and the, and the live sites are happening because we've gone so far. And we're doing so well that the more crowds are coming in that the pubs that are open at those time of the nights can't cope with the crowds. So you need live sites. Absolutely. That was, I'll just talk about that because these live side shots we're seeing from Federation Square in Melbourne, Alex, they've gone all around the world. You're seeing them pop up in US coverage in, in the BBC yeah. and all around the world. This has become a big thing to show the celebrations in Fed Square after the soccer is score. And I hope that one thing that does come out of this World Cup more than anything else is that the rest of the world now view Australia as a football nation, that there is a, there is a pattern for football here because that's certainly what's been on show down in Melbourne. And I'm sure that we'll see that nationwide at the weekend. Scott, I, I couldn't agree more. And that, that just makes me even prouder about everything that, that's happening and just the coverage, it's going global. And, and you know, people are going to take us seriously. Oh, I'm not some skippy. Don't you play cricket? Don't you play rugby? No, mate, we play football. We play off the round ball, the world game. We love it down here. We are diehards. We will wake up at three in the morning to watch a game. We're, we're crazy, I know, but who cares? We bloody love it. Absolutely love it, and and I'm just so glad that the world is seeing it, uh, that 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 we do actually care about football. That it's not just some passing fad, you know. That it's not a blow-in sport like all those other rubbish codes. Like seriously, you know that this is football. This is what it means to the people that support it, that have been here from day one. The people that are coming in, that that, that enjoying this experience for the first time. For those kids that are out there watching the, the moments like Lecky scoring a goal, Craig Goodwin even against sort of the defending world champions, you know, Duke with that ridiculous flick on of a head, the, the Duke of Western Sydney. Oh, seriously, I'm, I'm getting fired up. I'm getting fired up. So, uh, just, sorry, I'll be one, back. It's great to hear you. one point you actually make, Alex, uh, I absolutely agree with you. And I think the most important aspect, uh, we, we're a lot older. We've, we've seen we've seen generations pass before, you know, with the 2006 team and, you know, beyond that. But the most important thing are the kids. And, and you know, and that, and that hopefully that they are inspired, especially with stuff like the Olympics going on, you know, in 10 years' time and beyond that. 
that you know that you hope that the next batch of Socceroos are going to do this nation proud are the ones that are you know watching it on TV. Maybe some are go, some younger you know, kids, the teenagers and whatnot, are going to these live sites and experience. It. Obviously, hopefully not doing anything they shouldn't be. But like I said, it's all about it's all about inspiring the next generation. And I think if nothing else, this this Socceroos group of 2022 World Cup, they will be responsible for the next lot, as was the golden generation were inspired. This group, really, didn't this they? group. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so true. You, you hear it every time you into that. You know Jackson Irvine, the, the just iconic images of him in the crowd in Sydney watching us beat Uruguay in that penalty shootout. Like that's that's unreal. How good is that? You know, and oh man, it's just yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, I, I yeah, Adam, you, you're spot on. Like just, I just genuinely hope that the, the next generation, boys or girls, you know, we've got the, yep. the got the world, the women's World Cup here next year. You know, the, the Matildas, Sam Kerr, everyone, like just just enjoy it, embrace football. It's a bloody good sport. You know, and, and you know what? And we've done it without being the number one sport in Australia. Without being, I mean, yes, we're the most participation sport. But we've done it with crap budgets from state governments and federal governments. This is pure love for the game. This is because we get nothing else. We get we don't get anything out of out of uh, we don't get the millions, the you know almost almost the billions in broadcasting that the AFL, NRL, and cricket get. We don't get any of that. What what we are is pure, and um, there's enough of us here to show that um, you know you you give us the support that that we want and that we need and we desire. And this sport could easily, we could be in every World Cup, we could be in, in every round of 16 or, or quarterfinal going forward if we had the, if only we had that government backing. Absolutely. Oh, two quick points before we move on to the Argentina game. Firstly, we did see the, the sports minister over there in Qatar last week. Hopefully that's a sign that maybe what you're talking about, Liam, might change going forward. And also those images from Fred Square. If we ever do bid for a men's World Cup again, no more animated cartoon nonsense. Get those images and put that out there. That's what would actually show a far better light of Australian football than some ridiculous cartoon or whatever they did back in 2010. But looking ahead now to the game on Sunday morning against Argentina, back at the ground where Australia qualified, Adam, for the game against Peru, it's a ground we're very familiar with. I'm sure the, the good feeling will come back as they walk into that place. And it seems like Argentina are already setting up for a little bit of an excuse in terms of saying, We've only got two days to recover for this game. It's not fair the fact that we finished top of the group and have to play on a bit over two days rest. So it just seems like, well, let's see. They have turned the corner after the Saudi Arabia shock loss with a good win over Mexico and then Poland this morning. It seems like they're still not 100% convinced that they're that they're at their absolute best. Yeah, it's it's a strange one because for, for the number two team ranked in the world, they're certainly not acting like it. I think yes, it might be a lot of mind games and a lot of you know. Oh, let, let's let's not underestimate the Socceroos because they're actually you know being shown as being very formidable. If if nothing else, you know, very you know, there's no there's no superstars in this team, or not that you know that are globally recognised. Unlike you know one of the the one of the other guys wearing the number ten for for Argentina, you know, but. I think I think it's sort of there is a, a bit of hesitation I think from whereas normally you'd almost say oh yeah well they'll just coast on in you know get the job done move on and even you do almost accuse them of you know looking beyond the Socceroos you know to, towards who's who's uh, in the quarterfinals you know which I think it, I think would be England I, I believe it'd be USA be. or the Netherlands in that case and oh, England think they might sorry yeah because that may if they are looking ahead that's a a real potential for the Socceroos. 
yeah, and, that, and that's and that's one thing. But I think the fact that they actually are coming out publicly and say, no, like I said, we it's going to be a difficult game. Yeah, uh, Lionel Messi was uh, quoted as saying that. Like whether you believe it or not, that's you know, up to you. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I think that yeah, you know, the fact that they are actually taking notice, I think, is a feather in the cap for the Socceroos that they've really got the attention of the number two team in the world and one of the favourites for this uh, for this tournament. Do you think if they are looking ahead to any potential quarterfinals, they do have their eye off the ball? That could be a real avenue for the Socceroos to try and get under their guard that way. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, look, I, I think Argentina are that focused on winning this World Cup. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be looking ahead, particularly after their loss uh, to Saudi Arabia. I, I, I just think that perhaps they think maybe they've already won the game, as well, uh, because of, because of, because they're Argentina and and we're Australia. My biggest fear is that uh, we have played our two biggest games of this of this World Cup. We put a lot of effort in what three days, four days, or whatever it is to win these two games. I hope we got something left in the, in, in, left in the legs in the tanks, and and left in the tank. But uh, Argentina, look, yeah, uh, are they are they arrogant enough to think that, 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 it, that it's just Australia and they've already won? Well, I can tell you what, first game they played against Saudi Arabia, they didn't look, I, they didn't look that crash hot, did they? You know, and um, anything's possible. With, with from what I've seen from the Socceroos, you know, I'm 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 happy to say that we're going to make the quarterfinals. I'm, on Sunday morning. Fingers crossed you're right there. But Alex, Liam mentioned there that the um, soccerers have put in two mammoth efforts in a span of just a couple of days. The recovery is going to be absolutely crucial now in terms of getting themselves back to their best so they can find something for this game because I'm sure Argentina will have a lot lot left in the legs as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, And and you're right. I mean, Arnie said in the the um, post-game interview that the boys won't even celebrate. That's how they, they got this win today because they didn't celebrate against Tunisia. He's told them to stay off social media, which I absolutely love. I think that's a bloody brilliant idea. Um, and, and they'll be, you know, trying to get some sleep. Hopefully they did uh, after the buzz of, of qualifying three under 16 and, and recovery. But I think, you know, Andrew Clark, who's on deck there as the fitness coach will be absolutely crucial. And um, for proof of his work, you just have to look at what Aaron Moy did over the two um, knockout qualifi- qualifiers against UAE and um, and Peru. The the way that Moy played, what was it, 240 minutes? No, uh, 90 plus 120. 210. 210. Thank you. Um, lucky I'm not an accountant. Hey, um, but uh, um, you know the, the the effort, the mammoth effort Moy put in, and not having a club at that time, and and to play the way he did across those two games, phenomenal. So if if there's a if there's a trick up the sleeve, Andrew Clark's got it. So I'm I, I don't think it. Well, I hope it won't be as much of an issue as it as it could potentially be. We'll go around the table now. Quickly start with you, Adam. Actually, um, two quick questions. One, would you make any changes to the side we've seen over the first three games because there's a catch-22 here. Do you freshen the side up, bring some players in who might be able to give you more energy, or do you stick with what's worked so well? And secondly, the one position that has rotated his right back, who would you play there? Um, I'd make no changes uh, because, like, of, of the of the 10 players that started three games, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Who I think should, uh, who I think should uh, start it right back? Uh, look, I'm I'm gonna go with uh, Frank Karacic. I think 
I think only because I think he offers a little bit more, you know, as far as attacking wise, where I think he's probably just a slight, a slight more attacking play than Emilos Degenek. But obviously, that would be a that would be a like for like replacement, you know, should have should have been needed. Liam, uh, I'd keep Degenek in. I'd, I'd I'd start I'd start the squad that started uh, against um, against Denmark. Um, you just gotta hope that the legs hold out, and if they don't, then mass change second half. Five, you know, bring on the five subs, bring all the young blokes on, give it a crack. Alex, you go the same way. Um, well, I'm gonna agree, Fatim. I think I'd bring Karasic in. Um, just you know, freshens it up. Degenek was incredibly good. Uh, I just don't. It, it's hard. It's fifty-fifty, but yeah, I'll go with Karasic. Just offers a little bit more threat in behind uh, the, the the left wing there of, of, of Argentina, so we can look to play a little bit on the front foot and try and get it above their wingers uh, on the counter. Hopefully, I'll make it too. Well, I'll go with um, um, Milos Degenek. It seems like he's a become a real leader in the side. He saw his post after the game against Tunisia, and it seems like he's a real vocal and spiritual leader in this group. I think in a, in a big game. That's the sort of character you want out there on the field. So I would go with him for that reason. If I was going to change anything else, it'd be I'd take out Goodwin and bring Mobile in, but I just can't change those other 10. I'd, they're just going that well. I don't see why you would change it. So I would go with Degenek as well. Now, we all picked Argentina on the pre, pre-World pre Cup special as our world champion. Now, I'm sure we're all very gladly admit we were wrong on that. So I won't ask you to who's about that, but Adam... If the, how are the Socceroos going to win this game? Look, I think the Socceroos they they get an, they get a goal, not an early goal, but they get they get a goal. You know, after sustaining a bit of pressure and, and so you know, basically forcing Argentina to go from their plan A to a plan B, and then and so either hit them on the counter or hit them in transition, and then just and then defend for your lives. Because I think as it showed against Saudi Arabia. I think there are so many stars in this team, including probably one of the greatest of all time in Lionel Messi. When the chips are down, they're trying to chase the game. Um, they they seem to panic. And I think if the Socceroos can can make them panic by you know, trying to chase a game where they'll be heavy favourites, maybe not as much here, but certainly around the world, that this should be, they're, they're thinking this is automatic. You know, Argentina should stroll through to the next round. Now, like I said, if they're behind, watch the watch the watch the pressure build and build and build. And I think that's where I think Argentina, I think maybe a little bit bit sort of you know susceptible to actually you know putting it together as they showed against Saudi Arabia and even you know at at times against Poland as well. They sort of did look a little bit you know you know flustered before they finally sort of go you know, broke through and then end up cruising that game through. Yeah. Liam, how, how do you see the soccer is getting uh, I, I, I see us absorbing the pressure first half. Uh, just just absorb it. Just take it all in. Just take the hits. Absorb it. Defend for our lives because they because our, our are going to come out. Um, and I would like to see us just on to just on half time try and try and try and get a goal in. Of course, easier said than done. If if we can get a goal right on just before half time, the last five minutes before half time. Uh, they go into the sheds having to change the game plan and and they come out in a, in a different headspace than what they went in and 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 they'll be chasing the game. So yeah, um, I we need to absorb that pressure in the first half and we just keep doing what we do in the second half and just and just win it in the second half. Alex, 
Yeah, look, I, I think we've we've shown the performances that we need to do to, to to or to replicate in this one against Argentina. You know, we um we don't have to maybe change a whole lot. We we just have to defend for our lives again and just we we've withstand that Argentinian pressure which will inevitably come at any stage during this game, no doubt, whether it's from the start or whether it's later in the game. Um we've got to we've just got to throw the bodies in there, block everything. Um, just get that Harry Sutar brick wall going um, and and de- defend for our lives. You know, maybe we can play the a bit of a higher line like Saudi Arabia did and really compress those lines. But I think that's really going away from what we've done in these first two games. So I, if if you're Graham Arnold, just go. We've put on two defensive masterclasses so far. Let's be quite frank. Two two clean sheets. Why change it? We don't need to. Um, we, we we can't be naive either, but we've got to make Argentina sweat. We've got to make them work for it, like you said, Adam, like you said, Liam, um, and, and and cause that panic, that that real rush, because, you know, the, the way that they sort of disintegrated against Saudi Arabia was was what sort of it has seems to have scarred them because even against Mexico they relied on uh, on Messi to to score that long range goal from outside the box to get that game kick started again this morning against Poland they had the penalty saved by Lewandowski uh, by Lewandowski by Chesney in, in goal there um, and and again they sort of stuttered a little bit and then the second half they turned it on they come out so that's what we've got to be really careful of we can't be naive against them. We've got to defend. We've got to soak up that pressure. We've got to just, but but we've got all the tools there. We've got all the tools there. Don't change it. And just, just a, oh sorry, just a, one, oh, one uh, other thing. Yeah, go well. sorry. Sorry. Um, also, as well, I've been sort of in comparisons as well about, you know, the last time Australia played um, Argentina in any sort of notable football event, which was at the uh, Tokyo Olympics, uh, even though Australia won 2 0. The one thing is, I think we've got to get out of our mind that only one player from Argentina uh, was in that score, being Alexis McAllister. So I think that's probably not, if, if people are looking for sort of some solace in that, I think that's probably the wrong place to look because uh, this is a very, very experienced Argentinian side. Whereas the Socceroos, they bring, I think, nine players, I think, from that, uh, from, that eight squad. Players from that squad. Eight players, yep. They, By the way, we were just talking about how the Socceroos are going to win this game. And Alex, you mentioned ace, ace cards in the deck. None of you mentioned Redmayne. This is the uh, this is the Grey Wiggle Stadium. If ever we were going to get a replicator of that, it's going to be... I'm only joking. It's not going to be that. It's the one, the one time Australia played... Well, the times they've played well in this World Cup is when they've been on the front foot. They've been in the face of their opponents. And I think that's going to be the key here. I'm not saying they can do it for 90 or 120 minutes against Argentina. They'll have to really pick their spots in how they do it. But being in the face of their opponents, they've proved they can hassle and harry opponents and knock them off their game. And if they can do that to Argentina, like they did in a spell against France, they did for 45 minutes against Tunisia, and they did for pretty large parts against Denmark. If they can bring that again... They can certainly make this a really tough game for Argentina. And then it becomes a game of moments where one moment might go your way, it might not. So that's where they can get the best out of themselves in this game for me. I won't ask for score predictions because I think we're all going to have Australia winning the game and that's pretty clear. But before we wrap this up, very, very quickly, one team that's impressed you in this tournament, Liam, and one that no good didn't impress you. Uh, one that hasn't impressed me, I would probably say uh, Germany. 
Germany has. A, I, thought, I expected a bit more of Germany, and one thing, I, one team I thought went above and beyond was probably USA. I didn't think USA would be would have recovered so well from their last World Cup failures and their and their, and their struggles to for that. But um, I think they've. I think they've pretty much come come on on strong. But Germany, yeah, uh, where are they on their on their on their Group uh, they are at the bottom of Group bottom. E, but they have a chance against Costa Rica to get into the top two anyway. Okay, well, even if, even if they do get the top two, they they haven't they haven't impressed me at all. Um, you know, for what the the Bundesliga is, you know, it's just it, yeah, it's not just not not impressed at all. Adam, uh, team that impressed me the guy I actually agree with Liam. Now I think USA. I think uh, again, very very similar scope to the Socceroos. Not many not many superstars other than Christian Pulisic uh, and a couple of the other players that are playing over in the Premier League. So they probably are a bit ahead of the Socceroos in that regard. But yeah, look, uh, they they um, have, have sort of come together as a good as a team. And look, I, I think um, they. They they have been been very good in what was a tough group, you know, especially with England. Uh, team that has not impressed me, I actually think Uruguay. I think have have been even though they've probably got a little bit of atonement left with the, the talent they've got in that that side. Um, in that in that group, they 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 should have been you know aiming for you know a lot higher than this. That that they I'm not sure if they're eliminated or they're on the verge of elimination, but. Uh, I haven't to look that far. They've got a they've got a must win game against Ghana, but we all know they've got a divine right, so they'll they'll be fine, <laughs> no doubt about that. But Alex, anyone quickly impressed you and hasn't impressed you? I'm going left field, and I'm going two teams from the same pool. Team that has not impressed me: Belgium, Golden Generation, Gornski. See you later. Yeah, um, Croatia are going to roll them uh, tomorrow morning, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the team that's impressed me is Morocco from that pool. They have been. Excellent. Um, and they are going to go through. Yeah, exactly. Because um, they are playing... Uh, They're playing Canada, who are already Canada. Yeah, thanks, um, Scott. Uh, yeah, so I think, you know, great players in that squad, being really good. They might. They, they're a little bit of a, a team that whoever they get in the next round, um, they're going to have difficulties playing against, I think. But, um, Scott, what are your thoughts? They're exactly the same too. I was going to say, Morocco, I've impressed. I'm so impressed with their performance against Belgium the other day, and I've been not impressed at all by Belgium. But I'll also say the hosts have been absolutely, oh. absolutely garbage. So as, as a host nation, to be the absolute worst with everything they put into it, it's just been an absolute shamble. So you've got to include them in that race as well. And just very last, very last question. We all probably are going to tip Australia to go as far as possible here. But if it's not Australia, who do you think could be the teams standing at the end for, at this point? Liam? Um, I actually probably fancy England. Fancying England to 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 get there, England or Netherlands. Yeah. Adam? Um, despite having money on Argentina, um, <laughs> no. I, yeah, ne- Netherlands. I think uh, for 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 a side that I thought again that you know with great pedigree, they're probably you know one tournament you know, they're still probably the best is still ahead of them. I still think that they could probably sneak in under the radar. Although also, I also think depending on what happens, you know, there, there are, there are reports uh, that the, uh, that the great Pele is not well, that and if something were to happen there, I think that makes Brazil almost, I reckon almost makes them back with favorites. I think that will be, you know, emotionally, I think that's going to be a very, very big moment, not just for just Brazil, but I think for world football, if that's, uh, yeah. 
it, it's uh, unconfirmed at the moment, but apparently Pele has been taken to hospital. Uh, it either makes them the absolute favourites or it makes them uh, they're going to fall apart. Just yeah, yeah. So that, that's sort of see. So, so that that sort of thing. I think that yeah, and also as well, if that were to happen, I, I think I would like to see Brazil sort of win it in his honour. Alex. Yeah, I'm um, just quickly on your point, Adam. I was reading on BBC Sport this morning mm -hmm. that his daughter posted from uh, the hospital. He's been taken in there for regulatory checks. It's nothing major, but I mean, that could also just be a bit of a cover up. So um, I know he's going yeah. through chemotherapy, I think, for his cancer or something like that as well. So um, look, yeah, fingers crossed that that he makes it out the other side and, and um, Quite conveniently, I'm turning coats to Brazil, um, and and the green, the, the other team wearing uh, a yellow. I, I think they will, even if Pele, you know, hopefully he, he's, he sticks around to see them get through. I think even with the sort of, um, I think the the Neymar injury could sort of even. Um, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking galvanize. for? Galvanise. Um, galvanise, thank you. Um, galvanise the, them a little bit. And, um, yeah, I, I think they're I, I think they're the ones that will take home uh, the Jules Romain trophy. I tend to agree. I, I was going to say them as well, even without the Pelé stuff. But hopefully the great Pelé is going to be all okay. And if he, he can see Brazil lift the World Cup one more time. But look at the rest of the contenders. Spain, one good performance against Costa Rica. Whatever. I mean, it's Costa Rica. Germany, to Liam's point, unconvincing. England gets to play anybody of note. France, as we saw overnight, their subs don't work. So the Australian government made a great decision to abandon those subs. <laughs> so, and then look at the rest of Croatia probably hasn't got the legs to go through a full no, tournament. Argentina no, no, no. are going to get knocked out at the weekend. So it's going to be Brazil. It has to be, right? They're the <laughs> yeah. last the last nation standing. I like, I like your thinking. Yeah. I, had to, I had to get that shot at the French in after all their... After all the hassle they tried to give us this morning, that we had to get a shot back at him. Sorry, just one thing. Just sorry, just one thing. I just want to know. Thank God it didn't happen. But just, just so, so that sliding doors moment. Had Matt, Matt Leckie not scored, um, and then the drama that happened over Education City Stadium afterwards, that would be the most soccerous way to get knocked out, thanks to a VAR decision. You know, in you know, in the the eleventh minute of extra time, it's just thank thank goodness that the that the football gods spared us from that because that would have been just the worst way to go out after what happened in that other game. We wouldn't be recording this. I'd be going and buying a new TV because mine would have been gone well and truly out the window if that had happened. <laughs> yep, yours. Oh, just and also, just let me remind Australia too that uh, how well uh, Messi. Uh, he collapses under pressure with a certain Barcelona little game, Liverpool game from a few years ago. <laughs> Corner taken quickly, Arigi! Yeah. Do you think that might be just about time to wrap it up against like in the Liverpool series? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll do it. There's, there's my Liverpool plug for this for this podcast. So we'll see if you can get some more in after the um, round of 16 game against Argentina. Liam, Alex, thanks for joining us. And quickly, plugs for not just the not just the um, the live side at the weekend, but also where people can get in contact with you. Uh, yeah, so you can you can get a hold of us on on Facebook at Queensland Socceroos fans, uh, and on, on, on same on Twitter as well, and also the, the Australian Active Support as well, who are kind of our parent parent people. I don't know, yeah, Overlords. kind of work under them. So um, yeah, find us all. Find all Australian Active Support, Queensland Socceroos fans. We're all we're all uh, we're all one, one big happy family. 
and Adam, how can people get in contact with us? Let's see if you uh, know this. Uh, Facebook, the uh, Brisbane Football Review slash the Raw Review on Twitter at BNE Football and on Instagram, Brisbane Football Review, lowercase one word. And, and email uh, Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com. I was just going to say, and you've now done that's now your plugs from now on. James and I are done with it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that will do it for this of the Brisbane Football Reason World Cup. So we'll, we will have another one after the round of 16, either to wrap up the Soccer World Cup campaign or to look ahead to a quarterfinal. We'll talk to you all then.